everybody, and welcome to the Empowering Her podcast. I'm Melody Pormorati, and today I am joined by my beautiful cousin, Gila, who we've actually had on the podcast before. Whenever her and I get together, we have amazing, uh, important, insightful conversations about girls and women and updating the scripts, the narratives, and the messages that we share with them. And uh, I thought I would share this today of all days because I actually just came back from Toronto celebrating Gila's engagement to the love of her life, Corey. And uh, so I thought no better time than to share this conversation that we actually had on Instagram live uh, right here on the Empowering Her podcast. So I hope you enjoy and I have an invitation for you if you haven't already signed up for our masterclass on May the 5th at 12 p.m. We are going to talk about how to raise peaceful and powerful girls. I would absolutely love to have you there for this chat MelodyPormorati.com slash masterclass is where you can save your spot. Hope you enjoyed this episode and I'm grateful for you all. Good morning, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy Monday. Happy everything. I hope that you're doing well. I am excited to be here today. I'm going to be joined by my cousin Gila in Toronto and we're going to be talking about updating the narratives that no longer serve us. There are some cultural narratives, depending on where you were raised, perhaps um, perhaps they're the, the, the narratives that society places upon us as women and as young girls. And we are looking to update these together because when we know better, we do better. And sometimes the things that we say um, the literal meaning of them are actually passing along a message to to the young girls who are watching us. They're noticing us. They're picking up on every cue, every word that we say. And so together with Gila today, we're going to unpack uh, how we can update the old narratives. And this was all inspired. Oh, there's Gila. Okay. Gila, send me a request to join. Okay. Um, this was all inspired by a podcast I released a few weeks ago. It was called Rewriting the Scripts and Stories That No Longer Serve Us. That was episode 74 of the Empowering Her podcast. And there was so much feedback about it that I thought, let's, and, and Gila was one of those people who sent me feedback about it. And I said, Gila, you need to come back on my Instagram page and we need to talk about this again because it's important. Gila! Good Hi! Morning. Good morning. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. This is my cousin Gila Gabe, soon to be. Are you changing your last name? <laughs> are, are you changing your last name? Um, professionally, no, but okay. otherwise, yeah. Okay. Well, it's so good to see you. I haven't seen you in over two years now, I know. It's which is insane. kind of insane, but uh, I'm glad insane. we get this opportunity to connect again. Me too. So Gila's already been here. And what did we talk about last time? I don't um, even remember what our topic. fathers play in their daughters. That's life. right. Yes. Yes. Own. Yes. And that was yeah. amazing. And I got so much feedback on that, that I turned it into a podcast episode because that was really important. And I think that this is equally important. Before you came on, I was explaining that this was all 
prompted by the podcast I released a few weeks ago. And I think mm -hmm. you sent me a message saying what, <laughs> why did it resonate with you? I just, so I'm like your biggest fan always. I always was, but it's different now because I find that I'm really into podcasts when I'm driving to work these days. And I'm like, well, who better to listen to than Melody? And I don't have any daughters. So some of the things, you know, I'm just like keeping in a place for hopefully later, but um, this one in specific, I experienced myself, which is why it resonated with me differently, just in terms of how culture can play a role in, in all of our lives, basically. And then if you come from such a rich culture like we do, it really does shape a lot of thoughts that you have and actions that you take and yeah, so I remember Absolutely. messaging you about it and I was just saying, oh my God, all of this resonates with me so much. I've gone through the same thing and, um, you know, like this was really interesting and, and you and I are in two very different communities. So I also remember asking you a bunch of questions, you know, with regards to like how you handle it, where you are, because for me, the cultural aspect where I am is a lot um I don't know, more sub subdued. Like it's not as prominent as much as I grew up with it. It's not as prominent. And then now, you know, you're in this community and you're raising girls in that community. And, and it's just interesting to me, like how, how you're going to go about that. And Oh, it's yeah. interesting. It is very interesting, <laughs> Gila. So many things that I want to share. I mean, that I won't be yeah. sharing here today that I will share with you alone. Um, but uh, just for anyone who didn't catch the podcast episode, I urge you after you watch this to check out episode 74, rewriting the scripts uh, and stories that no longer serve us. And I'll just give a, a little example of what we spoke about in the podcast so people know what we want to continue and like where we want to pick up. Um, so, so Gila and I were both raised in Persian families and we come from a beautifully rich culture with so many beautiful traditions, so many beautiful messages being passed down to us. We, we both feel extremely grateful. Um, Something that I truly believe, however, is that we, we must evolve, whether it's religion or culture, it's really important for us to be committed to evolution because things change, right? Things don't always stay the same. We evolve. And, um, and I think the messages that we give to ourselves, to our girls, to our children, to future generations need to evolve with us. Um, and so there's this one thing that happened. So we, we had a baby girl who was born into our family, uh, my husband's cousin, and we're all so excited about her arrival. And again, this is, this is not me throwing stones at my culture. This is just me pointing something out that I think maybe we can, maybe we could do better with this. So in our family chat, when they announced her arrival, everyone immediately in Farsi, right, in, in, in our um, language said, May, may she become a bride. And the literal trans, that's the literal translation of what they were saying, may she become a bride. And while I know with everything in me that the intent is so beautiful and so pure and they only want good things for this girl when they say that to her, meanwhile, she's a baby, she doesn't know, but everyone else sees in the chat, we've got young girls, young boys, everyone in the chat who's seeing that our wish upon her arrival is may she become a bride. 
And so in this podcast episode, I was saying, maybe we can change that narrative. Maybe we could change the messages that we give to our young people when they first, what, like when we're welcoming them, maybe our wish could be something like, may she find her life purpose. May she live a life filled with peace. May she be healthy beyond measure. Like I feel there's so much that we can wish for them that when we say may she become a bride, while we may not mean that completely literally, you know, they're hearing us and those words carry an energy and they carry a meaning with them. And we don't want our girls thinking that their only goal in life should be to become somebody's wife. And the same goes for boys. When boys are born into our culture, we say, may he become a groom. And my wish is the same for our boys. We must wish more for them than just becoming somebody's partner in life. Relationships are beautiful. I'm all about relationships. I, I've been married to my husband for 20 years and I'm so grateful. And and I think that you know we need to put emphasis on them, but they are not the only thing that we need for our young people to strive for. So I will leave it at that and I will let Dila pick up here and, and talk about your thoughts about that as well, about that message or any other messages that you've heard. You know what's so funny is I've heard that expression before and I didn't even think of it that way <laughs> just right. because we grew up hearing these things, right? So I didn't even think of it that way. And then when I was listening to your podcast and you pointed it out and I thought, oh my God, like they, we do say that. Right. Um, but something I, I did want to reiterate is it's just, you know, we are a product of our culture and we love our culture. It's, it's definitely, we're not, um, you know, we're, we're perhaps we're criticizing it a little bit, but that's only because we're in an evolving and changing society. And, and that happens, you know, you end up criticizing things that may no longer work or are antiquated. Um, but, but really, you know, I love where I'm from and I'm sure Melody agrees and I, and I love what it's taught me. And I, a lot of, you know, who I am is because of my culture that said, when you grow up and you hear certain comments or you know you grow up with certain expectations just like i didn't notice that that expression was something that we said you it's the same type of thing you grow up and and these these things are said and and you you grow up thinking that that's just normal right, that's just normal or the normal. right way to do things or the right path to take um and I know like, I'm going to give an example. I was telling Melody about this in terms of paths to take. Um, I was at her brother's wedding, actually. And somebody had said to me, you know, why aren't you married yet? It's like, well, don't you want to get married? Why aren't you married yet? And I was like, <laughs> are we really getting into this conversation right now? Um, and I love the person who I was talking to. Like, I knew that they didn't have any bad intentions behind it. but it was just an expectation culturally for them where they were saying, well, you know, like you're late, like, why aren't you married yet? And I was like 27 maybe. And I just, I rem like at the time, like I felt I had to justify it. Like I was like, you know, I was like doing law school for the past three years. And then I was articling, which is like a year of work here in Canada for the past year. And like, I don't even know what I'm doing with my life. <laughs> like, I remember telling Melody this and she's like, why, why did you feel you had to justify it? And I said, I don't know. It's, it's this thing that like rises up in you when you're just like, 
maybe I didn't go on the same path as, as, you know, other people in this community or, or, or young girls that they may have known or seen when they were growing up in Iran or even here, actually. Um, but for me, it was like, so what? Like, it, it's, it's so normal around me for, for women to be, you know, chasing a career and going to school and this and that. And yet, it's, it was 2021 at the time, or 2020 at the time, yeah. And we're still getting comments like this. And how <laughs> old were I, you? How old were you like at the time, Gail? 27. So you were a baby. Like, I mean, yeah. really, like a child. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, like really to, to have, and I, and I remember, like, I also remember being that age and I remember people asking that question. I also remember as soon as I got married, the next question was, when are you making a baby? And, yeah. you know, it's like, it's like sometimes, I think it's two-tiered. I think there's one part of it where people for lack of saying some, having anything else to talk to you about, because they don't really know you. And I think there's a, like culturally a problem with that too. The conversations we have are very superficial and on the surface. And we ask questions based on the few things that we know about a person. And so maybe this is an invitation for us to have deeper conversations. Meanwhile, one might think that asking you, you know, when you're gonna get married is a deep conversation, but but it's not, it's not a worthy one. Like it's not a fair, I feel like it's not a fair question for someone to ask, even though they don't have any ill intent. And perhaps we can like brainstorm ways to respond to things like that or brainstorm ways to respond when someone says, when are you having a baby, making you feel like as a woman, the only purpose that you should have once you're married, of course, is to procreate. You just must. Yeah. And of course, in my situation, I wanted to have a baby and we were struggling and it was like a very hard journey for us. And that in and of itself, again, like when people ask such personal, personal questions, um, and especially as women, like the responses that we give them are important ones, even though I know in that moment, we just want to, we get angry, right? Like we get fired up or we get, in my case, I would get emotional, right? Like I would give a one or two word answer and I'd walk away. Um, but I, I think that I think that it's important to have deep conversations, but perhaps not um, not not asking about marriage and children, and perhaps asking like what's you know what's good at you know we learned in coaching school instead of saying um, what's up or what's wrong if someone seems like they're upset, what's good and new. What's good and new? Just like a question that yeah. maybe will prompt an answer and prompt a positive answer and, an, and spark a nice conversation. So when you were asked that at that party though, what, what was your response? I said, well, I've been working on my career for the past four years. So that wasn't even on my mind. <laughs> I, I, I mean, away. I do think that's a good answer. I, I don't think it's a justified, like it's not like you're justifying it. You're yeah. just being super honest. like this is what's up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard because again, you know that they're not coming from a bad place. And I also kind of give a pass to the older generations, specifically those that are traditional and, you know, maybe not as with it when it comes to what you can and cannot say. I do give a pass, but sometimes I wonder, well, what if I were to correct them? 
would that be seen as disrespectful? Or what if I were to, you know, try and change the narrative that way by saying, you know, like, it's just, I would never do it because I feel like it would, it would be so rude, but I wish I could just say, you know, I really wish you didn't ask me that or, or how about we talk about something else? Right. It's just, right. it's in a social setting, especially if it's not a good friend of yours. I would say it to one of my good friends. If they said something that I was like, you know, that's not, that's not cool. But when it's something like that and, you know, you have the whole like, you know, respect your elders and culturally you want to be respectful as well it's it's hard it is right? no it is so. it is definitely hard I, and i think it's important to protect your own peace too right it's like if you are in my case if i was getting emotional about it for for my own reasons like i had to protect my peace because if i were to you know dialogue about it i might get super emotional with someone who i wasn't ready to get emotional with um but I, I do feel like there are nice and respectful ways that we can get our point across. You know, like when they're asking us when you're gonna get married and like like you were pointing to your watch, like you're on a timeline, right? Um, opening up the conversation about like, I'm not just gonna marry anybody. Like, you know, marriage is, is a sacred union, right? And if the right human hasn't, Cross my path if I haven't met the right woman, woman, man, if I haven't met the right person, um, why on earth would I even be considering marriage right now? And like saying yeah. it in a kind way or something like that, because truly the person you marry is one of like, for those of us who choose to, to be in a long-term relationship, it is one of the most important decisions you will ever make. And again, to put you on a timeline is, is putting pressure on something that really needs time and space. So I think that there is that piece of it as well. Yeah. But I do believe that there are ways um, that we can, and for anyone who's watching, who's here with us live, I'd love to hear your input on this. We'd love to hear like your thoughts on how you've responded in the past. I'm sure we're not the only ones who've gotten questions and comments like this and, and all cultures are different. Um, so I, I think it would be interesting to hear other viewpoints as well. Um, I know that another thing that I've heard a lot is like, don't portray yourself as too strong because if you're too strong, no man is going to want to be with a strong woman. And I kind of had that somewhere in my mind and um, you know, again, that is a message that sets me up to not become my best self, to not get educated, right? To not be real, because if I see myself as a strong woman, which I do, to not show that strength, to not show that power so that I can uh, attract the right mate. Well, I mean, you're just attracting someone based on pure falseness. Like there's nothing real over there. Um, is that a message, whether you heard it, um, actually with words or with actions? Is that something that you ever experienced? Often, <laughs> often, <laughs> um, because I have a pretty strong personality and, and, you know, thankfully I didn't grow up in a household that ever tried to stifle that. Thankfully, you know, my parents, my mom was always telling me to be independent. My dad was always telling me to, you know, be the best version of myself and go after what I wanted career-wise, life-wise, whatever. So I didn't grow up with that, but definitely, definitely, definitely with 
other people around me, I definitely heard that comment um, or the comment of lowering standards or, you know, don't be so picky or, you know, maybe you're being like too strong and maybe you need to be, you know, softer. And I said, okay, but that's just not me, you know, like, okay, soft in certain situations, but, but at the end of the day, and, and also like, how long can you keep that up for Right. Like, okay, so you keep that up long enough to attract what everyone else thinks is the perfect person, but you can't do that your whole life. You no, know, and like, point, well, your real personality is going to Right, come out, and what, so. what premise is that for a relationship, right? <laughs> exactly. Like, I feel like it's the whole good girl syndrome. Like, I write about this in my book, Good Girl No More. Like, we, we were taught growing up constantly, be a good girl, be a good girl. Not just you and me, Gilles, like every girl, like I'm, I'm still hearing it around me, be a good girl, be a good girl. And we're never, it's never really defined for us what it means to be a good girl. And for me, being a good girl, it means like, you know, keep your views to yourself, you know, speak only when you're spoken to, um, things that you were just saying right now, like, I don't want to insult my elders, but like, there's a way of opening a conversation without feeling like we're talking back to our elders. There's a way of being respectful and being firm, right? Um, and and so like, I think again, those messages that we're hearing, be a good girl, are telling us don't be real. Are telling yeah. us like, you know, block off, put on a mask and hide your authentic truth. Which again, what premise is that for a real relationship? But I also, I don't hear anybody saying that to the men in terms of you know don't be so strong like nobody says that you know like (laughs) never if anything they're being they're told like break all the molds you know create your own way be be a man about it literally no one that's ever said to me like be a woman because it just doesn't it doesn't have a definition well, let's but start. when you say, I mean, we should make the definition, right? <laughs> but, well, I've started using woman up. I like woman people up. are always yeah. saying man up. I, I yeah. say woman up, right? Like, yeah. And to me, that carries a lot of meaning. Yeah. And I like to say it to a lot of men, to be quite honest. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. But also, you know, like on the flip side of that, it, it is also hard for men who are always told be a man, be a man, and no one's telling them like, be sensitive. Or like, you know, it's okay to, I don't know, it's okay to cry or it's okay to show weakness or anything like that. So I will put that out there because I'm, I'm not, you know, only mm-hmm. thinking of it on our end. We just hear it more Absolutely. on our end. Um, and we're now talking about it more, which, Definitely. Is, Definitely. which is important, but yeah, no, the, the be a good girl comment I've heard, the uh, don't be too strong. <laughs> yeah. yeah, any, any other like things that I feel like when we were chatting about this, we both brought up some other things that we heard growing up that we were like, yeah, that just doesn't work anymore. Like that just needs to be dropped or changed or, you know, and, um, and if anyone's watching, let us know, like what are some yeah. of the cultural narratives that you Oh, Shauna's saying wear makeup. Mm. I've heard that as well. Oh, there are there are messages. I haven't seen yeah. any. Oh, you of, don't see them. I wasn't seeing makeup. them. I was at the yeah. top of my feed. Okay. All right. Okay. Shauna was saying you need makeup. Oh my wear God. Makeup. Yeah. Yeah. Like why? 
Why? Like why? You know, if I... someone likes it though, again. Right. Oh no no one hundred percent. I'm that, I'm right? wearing makeup right now. Yeah. I've done my eyes and I because yeah. I like that and that's on me. Like I get to make yeah. that choice, right? Yeah. But when someone else is telling you you need to put on some makeup, like I, I get yeah. you, Shauna. I feel you. And uh, fearlessly kind girl is saying, and in reality, how do you define a good girl? Because there's so many interpretations of the term. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. There's a part in my book that I go deeply into this, and and I, I'm not going to go into it right now. But like, really, everything that is opposite of what a good girl is is what I wish for my girls. Like when we really sit and break it down, um, and I think instead yeah. of asking girls to be good girls, I think we can teach them to be powerful girls instead. Very true. My um, friend Ed in here saying, "Don't be so emotional. Or big girls don't cry." Yes. Oh my God. Um, Ed. Yes. Eden, totally, totally, you know, right with that one. I find that like, I, I try to, to, to not do this as much now, but I find that when I would cry, I would say, sorry. <laughs> do you ever notice wow. that? Yeah. When you start crying, you're like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But like, why are we apologizing? <laughs> why are we apologizing for feeling the feeling? Because it's for things like that, where they say, don't be so emotional or don't cry. It's like, well, I and that one works for the boys feelings. too. That one works for the boys too. Like, 100%. like how often yeah. do we ask them to disconnect from their emotions and mm -hmm. and not cry? Like a real man doesn't cry. How many times yeah. have you heard that real men don't cry? I think real men do cry. Um, oh agree. wow, got some things here. In my culture, an older mindset is all about reputation and how others view you. Yeah, like what what will the neighbors think? What will our yeah. friends? Um, I'd be curious to know, fearlessly kind girl, what what culture are do you come from? Um, and she also says, my mom always said, don't do this because they will say something. And as I'm getting older, I'm breaking the standard. Girls rule and teaching my mom to do the same. And she's 76. Amazing. Yeah, it's. I feel like it's never ever too late to learn these things. Um, and and I agree with that so much. So often we're taught to live for other people. Um, I, I said in the podcast that, that like this whole conversation is based off of, uh, Paula Colejo, who's an amazing, amazing author. He's, um, I think he's Brazilian or from Portugal. Anyways, when he decided to be an author, a writer, a creator, his parents like thought he was insane and sent him to a mental asylum. Like that is a cultural narrative that no longer serves him. I mean, look at what he's been able to create as an author, like who's to say, who's to make that kind of decision for us. Um, fearlessly kind girl is Italian, Italian, Canadian born, but my parents are from Italy. Gotcha. Gila it and I have, yeah. have a, a family in our lives who's Italian who, yeah, like she's shared with us very similar narratives to ours, 100%. And mommy Sonia says, yes, I'm doing the same thing with my mom. Isn't that cool though? Like, like having our moms see just like a different way because as an adult, when we get to have a conversation with them, it's almost a different conversation. We're not children anymore, but we're having this adult conversation and opening their eyes to things that perhaps they never saw in a certain way. I try to do it often. I actually find that this is the hardest thing to tackle. The whole, well, what is so-and-so gonna say or what is so-and-so gonna think? Um, 
I really, really try with my parents, but it's so ingrained in them. It's so hard to change that part. But there's so many times when I'm like, who cares? It's okay. Like, do what you want to do. Like, But it's really hard. I find that it's really hard. Harder with my dad than it is with my mom because he's older, for sure. And, you know, a very traditional Persian man. Um, In some ways, not. But in this way, definitely. Um, But I try really hard with my mom, definitely, to to tell her it's okay, you know, it doesn't matter what people think or what people are going to say, you know, just live for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so what, what would Amu, Amu, my uncle, Gila's dad, like what, what is, what in particular is it that like he, he has a hard time releasing or seeing in a different way? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's so funny. It, it all came about recently. I mean, I've seen it throughout my life, but recently in terms of like wedding planning, which I know all my Gabby girls can definitely <laughs> relate to this. Um, but in terms of that, like, you know, when you're, when you're thinking about how you want to do certain things or, or what you want to include or who you want to include, like a lot of that is like that mindset is still very much based on how others view you. And to a certain extent, I agree, but, past that extent I'm just like no (laughs) Sean is agreeing with me here it's really hard it's yeah I just I just wonder though like I mean like what's the worst that's gonna happen if if we don't do that you know what I mean like I mean the people that love you are still gonna love you and hopefully understand where you're coming from and then the other people probably not close enough to them anyways. So. Yeah. yeah. And the question I've often asked my, my own parents with this type of thing, like, what will they think? Or what should we do? Or what if they get in? Like, I'm like, whose life are you living? Like, whose life are you living? Are you living their life for them? Like, you need to live, we, we all need to live our own lives. We need to make decisions that, that make us happy. Because if not, we're then filled with regret and refrain and like, you know, wishing we can turn back the clock and things like that. And, and that's no fun either. Like that's no fun either. It's, it's, it's good to think about other people's feelings. I'm all about that. But you know, when you're constantly sacrificing what is important to you for everybody else, well, what is that example that we're setting? Like, what is that message that we're setting? Once again, passing it on to the next generation, passing it on, passing it on. Um, fearlessly kind girl is saying, oh yes, I was the first to break the tradition for my wedding and planned it all quietly because I knew that I was going to get slack for changing the ways we know, but in the end it worked good. I mean, good for you. And in <laughs> the end it became you, a new that's tradition. Not, I love that. Yeah. It became a new tradition. I love I, that. I love that so much. And nobody died. Like, you know, nobody, no great tragedy happens. You just did it your way. Um, And again, I think there's a way, I really do believe that there's a way of getting through to our elders that is respectful and firm. And, and as she says, we create new, this is how we create new traditions. So 
Nope. LOL. More people got married. There you go. You got to do it your way. You got to do it your way. I'm loving all this participation because yeah, it, me too. it's so good to hear what other people are thinking. And I literally missed all the comments um, <laughs> above. So I'm kind of going back. Um, before we, before we say goodbye, Gills, is there anything else that maybe you wanted to talk about that we didn't have a chance to talk about? Well, I actually wanted to ask you, you know, raising two girls in, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but a pretty traditional community, like, how do you find that you're able to change that narrative for them? I mean, they may end up, you know, having kids in a much less traditional community, but at this point right now where they're growing up in it, um, how, like, how are you navigating yeah. that? That's a great question. So, so I live in a small town in New York. I was raised in Toronto where um, it was very diverse and, and friends from all over the world. And just, you know, I, I love that richness and culture in Canada. And when I got married 20 years ago, I moved to New York and now I live in a small town in New York that is very traditional. We actually have a lot of Persian people who live in this town. So that's why Gil is asking me like how how do we move through this life raising two girls here? Well, I mean, a lot of it was, was paving our own path. Like, you know, as you know, I run the girls empowerment workshops and, and that, that was kind of me putting a stake in the ground and being like, we're going to do this in a way that feels aligned with us um, for better or for worse, right? For better or for worse. I, I think it's for better, like for their, for the scope of their entire lives. But right now it's a little bit different because um, because they definitely do feel different than a lot of the people around them. So sometimes that causes pain and sometimes that's really difficult. Overall, I know that they're proud of who they are and they're proud of, of the lives that they've created and things like that. Um, but like, I just don't know any other way to do this. That's what Nav and I, my husband and I say to each other all the time. like. When we second guess ourselves, we're always like, but we don't know any other way. Like we're raising our daughters based on our own belief systems and our values. So it's like, I don't really give it much thought because it's just the way that it is and it's who we are. And, um, and I think that's an important message for anyone who's raising their children, perhaps somewhere that they don't like fully feel aligned with. Um, at the end of the day, the things that happen in your home are um, paramount. That's really what I believe the messages that your children are hearing in your home and, and the way that you and your spouse speak to each other and the way that you speak to your children. I just posted something that said like, speak to your kids as if they're the most intelligent humans in the world or what they, you know, the, what you see in them is what they become. And I think that that's really, really important stuff. So that's how I navigate it. Um, it seems to be working. And I, I also know that we're not going to be here forever in this, yeah. in this particular town. So I think that the life tools we're setting them up with hopefully will serve them forever, wherever they, they end up. I also think, you know, we all have like assumptions that we kind of place on other people. So for example, earlier when we were talking about, you know, you know, people wanting to get married right away or people, you know, basically assuming that everybody wants to get married, 
especially with the bride comment. I mean, when, as, as long as you're not putting those assumptions on the younger generations, they like, let them tell you, I mean, I don't have kids, but let them tell mm -hmm. you what it is that they're, they're looking for. Like when I was growing up, I was constantly met with the, well, you know, when you blah, 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 get married and have kids and this and that. And, and I just remember, like, I think I was saying it to my sister, like I was telling her, I was like, you know, when I thought about like, when I was going to grow up, what, what I was going to be or what I was going to do, I didn't only imagine the marriage and the family, like, or the white picket fence, how like it wasn't, whereas for a lot of people that is, and that's great. But for me, it, it actually never was. That wasn't what I was striving towards. Like I was striving towards the education. I was striving towards the career. And then the rest of that would fit with that. You know what I mean? I like a, a lot of people may not think the same way, you know, as they grew up, but they place right. those assumptions thinking that everybody like, wants to get married or everybody right. wants to have kids. So even when you were saying that people would ask you like, oh, when are you gonna have kids? Well, like, what if you didn't want kids? Totally, right? like, like, exactly. Like there's so like, many women who don't. to get married, but then yeah. there are these assumptions that are placed on you and then you feel weird saying, well, I don't wanna get married or I don't want kids or, you know, so. Because they might look at you at like, like as a pariah, like, what do you mean you don't want children? What, what are you talking like, about? What are you talking that about? That the reaction I would get because in law school, it was not at all something that was on my mind. Not that I didn't want it, but I could not do both. And it was actually very rare with the people around me. Like a lot of them were not in relationships or if they were, they were relationships that they were in before law school, which is why it was able to last because otherwise juggling a new relationship and expectations of the other person like it just wasn't a thing so when I was in law school and people were asking me like why aren't you getting married I was like I don't even have time to shower like, what are you talking about so at that point I was able to say that but once law school was done it was like I almost didn't have the excuse anymore Right. So and, but, but like, that's the whole thing. Like we don't need an excuse. We don't. Right. We I get don't. you, but we don't need to make excuses yeah. for who we are and what we want and what we don't want. Like we yeah. need to live life without, like, yeah. I feel like we're constantly apologizing. Just like you said, when you cry, you're like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. We need to not like, we need to really harness that unapologetic voice as women and live life on our own terms. Yeah. I talk about this book all the time, but there's a book by Bronnie Ware. It's called The mm -hmm. Five Regrets of the Dying. And the top, and this woman, she in Australia, Australia was a hospice nurse. And she sat with people on their final days wow. of and asked them with their permission to publish this, said, what, like, what is your number one regret? What is your number one regret? And she came up with a list of five of them. And the first one was, I wish I had lived a life that was true to me and not the life other people wanted of me. Right. I mean, imagine being on your last days and, and saying that, like, I don't want that for anyone. You know, I don't no. want that for anyone. I want, I want us all to say that we lived life on our own terms and, you know, acted out what we knew was real. Um, Ed, oops, sorry. Ed Nav is saying, I think the whole conversation around kids and babies and women is a whole separate conversation. You're right. Some women may never want kids to begin with. 
100%. And may wish, and, and others may wish it so deeply, but may not be in the cards for them. 100%. Ed Nov. I don't know your real name. Sorry. Edin. But, <laughs> Edin. Oh, sorry, Edin. That's Edin. Edin, I'm so with you. It is another conversation that we'll have to have. Um, just all of these, like, all of these cultural expectations. They're yeah. just... They're, they're no longer, and again, like we, this is full circle. This, this is a narrative we get to change. We get to change it by having conversations like this, by being open to other people's perspectives, by not being in a place of judgment when somebody shares their truth. And perhaps, perhaps when we're trying to make small talk at a wedding, um, perhaps we can ask better questions. Perhaps we can ask more qualitative questions. Mona says, but how do you change the mindset when you live in the culture you're in, when your whole life has been trying to live to please others? Honestly, um, Mona, so I, I happen to marry a man who, um, he, he just, he had no patience for any of that. He's like, screw all of it. Um, you know, like that's, that's it. Like he doesn't care what other people think. And I love it. And I was raised in a home where I was taught to care what other people think. And so I've been with him for 20 years now. And, and, and I, my biggest wish for anyone who's in a relationship is that, you know, that we can grow together, that we can all evolve together. And I'm so grateful that that has been our path he's learned things from me and I've learned things from him. And I have learned to live my life. I've learned to live our life without constantly um, worrying about what everyone else says. And I wish I had known this sooner because when I started doing that, my parents respected it so much, right? Like my, the very parents who were teaching me to be a certain way because that's what they knew and that's and you know they had the greatest of wishes for me um, but when they see the way that we live our lives now they're proud of us and so that's just a testament to maybe back then i i wasn't strong enough or didn't believe to be strong enough and firm enough to stand up for what i knew to be real and right um but now I do. And so for me, Mona, it was a lot about my choice in partner, about changing that mindset and honestly choosing where to place my focus. I no longer place my focus on what will they think. I now place my focus on what will I think? What will I think? Because what will your kids who, think? What will my kids think? I need to right. be able to sleep at night knowing that I am being real to myself. No regrets. Yeah. Wow. I'm loving all these comments. Um, Eden says acknowledgement that breaking the molds is not easy at all. I think this is so important too. No one said it would be easy, but when the mold doesn't fit you and your beliefs and your values, then it's time for a change. I love you, Eden. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I completely yeah, agree. It's not true. easy but it's necessary. It's not easy, but it's necessary. You know, when your desire to change is greater um, than your desire to fit in, then you know it's time. It's and time. also, you know, when you, you are sharing your life with somebody who wasn't raised the same way, like right. I'm dealing with that myself and it's, it's beautiful. It's lovely. So Gila just it's got engaged. So like yeah. all the talk about marriage, Gila's now engaged and getting married um, in, in September. And, and so 
tell us more about that, about, yeah, you know, him and, being raised in a different yeah, environment. So raised in a different environment, a different culture altogether, um, which is beautiful in itself because it, it, like you said, I mean, you had it with your husband who was of the same culture and that I would say is pretty rare, right? But for me, and I can speak on behalf of, of Mona as well, you know, we're with, with men who feel the same way. They're like, why do you care what other people think? You know, like, why is that such a big deal? And as much as we impart what we feel and they're respectful of that, we also got to be respectful of, of how they're, you know, feeling and, and how they were raised. And it's a lot. It's really a lot to take in. Like if it's not something that you were surrounded by when you were growing up, if it's not your own culture, or you didn't have friends that, you know, had to adhere to certain expectations or rules, then it's really, really bizarre, <laughs> right. you know? And so I, I found that, you know, the first chunk of my relationship was really trying to teach him and I think Mona would agree as well, trying to teach him like how it was that, that we were raised. Um, and Mona's saying here, you know, I, for so long, I tried to defend the very values he was calling out. It's very true. And, and I think, I, think I, I, I moved away from defending and, or at least I'm trying to, and now going towards like, I respect how you feel, you respect how I feel, just leave it at that <laughs> like this is how I was raised this is how you were raised and you you leave it at that because me defending it would mean that it's wrong right right and I don't believe that right and and I wouldn't want you know to raise kids either who see the polar opposite you know perspectives either right like you know let's put work in harmony and, and hopefully you actually end up raising people who can see both sides of it and the benefits of both sides of it. And then they can choose for themselves which side they like better, right? Absolutely. So and together- I think about that a lot. Lately. Yeah, like yeah. If, if you choose to, to have children together, you know, you, you will grow in a, in a new way. And like, you, you see the world in a different way, I feel like yeah. when all, like I, I always say that my daughters raised me, like they raised the woman that I am today. Honestly, because so much of my perspective shifted and I was like, you know, I get to grow now because I want them to grow. Like I need to embody and model that which I wish to see in them. And if I'm not living that out for myself, then how can I wish it for them? So, um, so, so absolutely no, no need to defend, but really just to share, to share your perspective and, and how you grew up. And then you get to decide what direction it moves in together. Yeah. And he always, he always reminds me, you know, we don't have to agree on it. Right. right. Like we, we don't have to agree as long as we respect what we feel and how we were raised and, you know, our values at the core are the same, right. It's just the way that that we've grown, I guess, that is different, but like the core values are the same. And, totally. and I don't think thinking about what other people think of you is a value, right? Like that's just the way you were grown. Yeah, So and, and, and that's something that you, I, I believe that that can transform. Yeah. That can yeah. really, really transform. 
I love this conversation. I could talk to you for hours, Gills. This is amazing. I'm definitely- I love coming here. It's so great. We have to do more of this. And if it's okay with you, I'll put this on the podcast if I can for get sure. like a quality recording as well. Um, yeah. Thank you to everyone who joined the conversation. I love hearing the different perspectives and you know, there there is no right or wrong here. There is no judgment here. You wanna get married young? please get married young, marry the, marry the right person who's aligned with you. I got married extremely young. So, so we're not here passing judgment. We're just kind of opening up a new conversation and, um, and a new way of looking at perhaps relationships and the messaging that, that we bring forth when we, when we talk to other people and asking better questions, asking quality mm -hmm. questions. Uh, questions that are curiosity questions, but perhaps um, something something a little more, um, I don't know. I, I, I like wanna leave people with a nice question to ask when, when they're, love you too, mom. I, I wanna leave people with a nice question to ask instead of like for those of us who feel like, okay, I wanna connect. So let me ask about when she's getting married or when she's having a baby. Like what else can we ask other than what's new and good? Cause I love that one. Like tell yeah. me something. I often, when I see someone like, I'll be like, tell me something exciting. Tell me something exciting that's going on with you. Um, but just di yeah, different questions, different questions that, that like <laughs> do not, um, that are personal, but not so personal that, that they make people uncomfortable because they're just intrusive and assu like assumptive. Is that a word? Assumptive. Assuming we something. make it a word. It's fine. You know? um, I like that, Ed. And what goals are you focusing on now? Love that. Mona says, someone asked, how is your mental health after having a baby? That's, see, that's mm -hmm. a good question. I think that's a really good question. Yeah. How did it feel to receive that question, Mona? I'd love to know. I feel like, you know, it's nice. That's just someone doing a check-in on you. Mona says it was refreshing. I love it. So new questions, yeah. everybody. We're going to leave you with that. We're going to leave you with that. Gila, I love you so much. I love you. Thank you for being here with me. Thank and you for having me. I love you. I love you. I love your perspective. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to everyone who, who joined us. Sending our love. Bye. Bye. If you love what you're hearing, please go ahead and leave us a review so that we can keep the empowerment flowing. Also, be sure to follow along on Instagram at Girl Life Empowerment, and I would love for you to check out my newly released book, Empowered Women, Empower Girls, across all Amazon platforms. I'm so grateful for you, and I can't wait to talk to you again next week.